This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 421, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Hello, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 421. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and joining me are Josh Flanagan. Hello. Ooh, and Hello. Paul Montgomery. Hello. We are iFanboy. How to do the voice. And we like comics, and we can read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best book they read. They call that the Pick of the Week. We talk about that book on this show, along with the other books of the week, other topics of interest, other fun stuff, goofy nonsense, idiocy, a lot of idiocy, let's be fair. Before we get to the show, a quick reminder and a warning. It's a review show. There'll be some spoilers, especially in this episode. So uh, if you haven't read your books, pause the show and come back. Everyone will be happier. There'll be a lot less griping on Twitter, which is really all we're trying to minimize in our lives at this point. Paul! Yes? You had to pick. I did. I went with uh, Thor God of Thunder, number 18. Were you surprised? Did you guys, um, were you ever in a D.A.R.E. program? Yes. Yeah. I believe we were early. I, or, I don't know if that happened to you, Connor, because you're we, the city. I mean, we, no, we didn't. I wasn't in the program, but I knew what there was. We had the cop come and show us the, the briefcase of drugs. I mm-hmm. mean, at that point, at that point in New York City, that was a vital part of the economy, to be fair. Uh, in all honesty, when I was a kid, I would play soccer in Riverside Park, and we would, we would be playing on top of broken vials of crack. So it wasn't like a little different in New York. I 80s. first heard the term crack on Donahue. Anyway, one, anyway. one of the things that they don't talk about in Dare, or at least when I had it in fourth grade, uh-huh. um, was to to drag in responsibly. 
Um, right. And so this is sort of a, a public service thing, you know, from Jason Aaron and the amazing Spanish artist uh, Das Pastores. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy He's shit. amazing. Really good. Apparently. Holy shit. Apparently has done some work for Marvel. As I said, Spanish artist. He's done some stuff with uh, Jodorowsky, um, some some European comics and like Inkle kind of stuff. And um, but he did some stuff at Marvel a few years ago, like a Punisher story and a Wolverine story. And you can go look those up and they look amazing. Um, but he's been gone for a while and he came back to do this 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 issue of Thor, God of Thunder. Where, a one-shot issue. Yeah, it was sort of a one-shot before the, the next major arc and the return of uh, Isad Ribic, uh, who's also amazing. And the return of Old Man Th- Old King Thor. Old King Thor um, and some other stuff. And it's... This, uh, is, this is the young Thor with y- Yarnbjorn. Yarnbjorn, the axe. And he meets... There's a lot of great uh, terms. Like, there's Scabgag, the dragon, who is... We, we, it's, it starts in, in Scabgag's mouth. Um, how many times, I mean, Connor, you have a substance abuse problem. Um, how many times have you woken up in a, in a friend's mouth the next day? Like, Listen, well, let's not, okay. Comic-Con 2002 was maybe a different situation, but I think it's time for us to move. Oh. So this, I thought, I thought this was great. The, the main thrust, thrust of the story is that the, uh, the people of, what is it? What the are we? Faroe Islands. The Faroe Islands in 894 AD have prayed for yeah. The She-Vikings, they're all female Vikings that prayed for Thor to come save them from this dragon who has been eating their... their uh, the dogs. The dogs. And uh, so we wake up after Thor has, I guess, fought the dragon. There's a, But we, we learn it's actually not the dragon doing these things. It's actually a bunch of trolls, and the dragon is just, just hanging out. Just hanging out, and Thor comes up. He uh, Yarnbjorn ends up in, in his nose, uh, basically. and But this is all after... You know, it was a it was a big misunderstanding. Uh, Scabgrag didn't um, didn't eat the dogs. He doesn't even like dogs. He was eating some whales, which I guess are fair game. Um, nobody has whales for pets, and so he decided let's 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 hang out, let's let's drink, and they got they got their drink on, and they and they they basically took out all the trolls that were responsible for eating the dogs, and uh, and he woke up in in the dragon's mouth. Um, and that was just a party foul, basically. Um, it's a big case of mistaken identity. This whole big issue. case of mistaken identity. They just assume dragons around. He probably is eating the dogs. Um, so they're friends, Gracious. and then they go back. And he's a good guy. This dragon. He's a good guy. And and Heimdall is like, what are you doing, hanging out with dragons and getting drunk, and you know, waking up in your loincloth at like three o'clock in the afternoon what's going on and the dragon goes home and his dragon dad is like you shouldn't be hanging out with people and messing with trolls and drinking and he's like screw you dad and he's like banished <laughs> and then he get he gets so drunk and he goes on a tear and he actually does start you know uh, menacing the Faroe Island society well it's all a drunken mistake he takes one of the uh, shield maidens dancing and as he is a dragon he accidentally kills her in his hands Mm-hmm. Which then it's sort of a sad. Actually, it's a very sad ending because then, because then he asked, since he did kill the shield maid and then he ate her head after he she just was popped dead. her head right off like a keyboard um, cookie. Thor then had no choice but to kill his friend with Yarnbjorn, which he did. Yeah, and I like that they like they you know did all these offerings and 
you know, prayed in the nude and it like took him forever. And he finally showed because he has this drinking problem and he, he, you know, comes in and he's like, no, this, this guy is by, you know, my friend, he's a good guy. He's not causing any problems, but no, he's, he's causing a lot of problems. And there's the dragon has a different idea of what their relationship is. Right. And he's like, Thor's like, I'm not going to allow you to do that. And so he does have to kill him. And at the end he pours out his, you know, his, uh, his yeah. goblet of, of mead. Yeah. And, this is, I guess, the point where he's getting more towards the modern Thor, the Avenger, um, and he's responsible. He he understands what the drinking does. He still gets his drink on in, in the modern sure. day. Sure, but you know it's it, you know it's certain times of the year when it's appropriate, and uh, it's it's no longer a problem. It's it's not a, a huge part of his life anymore. I thought this this she did really well with show the the range of Jason Aaron's stories in the specifically in this Thor book in that. It's fun. It's funny. There's adventure. There's action, and there's a real sort of genuinely emotional, sad moment in it. I thought it sort of runs the gamut, and it shows you just how great the work that's being done in this book is. Um, and so he really good one. He's really good at doing these one shot in between the story arcs, which I really yeah. Like. The last one was great too, where it's um, Thor's day in Midgard um, yeah. between things and and meeting up with with various normal citizens. Um, but this this was excellent. I liked going back to see young Thor. Maybe after the next one, it'll be an old King Thor story, an old King Thor one shot. That would be kind of fun. Um, yeah. But the art on this was what put it over the top. Um, I was not familiar with Das Pastoris before. Um, I certainly am now. Um, yep. The color on this is incredible. Just to, just looking at the um, that panel where the uh, the mead is coming out of the goblet. And just mm-hmm. the the texture of that and the color work, it's this great watercolor to it. Um, I, on Twitter, when I announced that this was the pick of the week, I included that panel of Thor waking up uh, in his bedroom, um, just totally out of it. Uh, and this it's is a sexy. wonderful mess. It's a it's a bit sexy, yeah. The yardborn stuck in the headboard, which is fun. it's yeah, it's a it's <laughs> it's a little bit uh, post. I don't feel Thor. like he respects that axe that much. I don't think he does. That's part of it. You know, that that leads into what's going on over in Uncanny Avengers. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, he keeps getting jokes about where the the hammer is. Where's your hammer? And he hasn't earned it yet. There's like a tiny, like, uh, like cynical part of the rest of me that that makes me think that there's an axe now because some Disney executive is like, hammers aren't cool. You should give them an axe. And so they've they've had this, like... Like a directive to to bring an axe into the story. I'm not saying that's what happened. I don't know. Like I don't. The, I don't know if you, I don't know if Yarnbjorn is a big part of the the lore, but I got the you know. It's really the utility of it is just that he's young, and it's to show that he can't have Mjolnir. Yeah, yet. I like it as a device yeah. to show he's not yet ready to be Thor. But he has to fight with something. There there are yeah. other stories like Young Thor, even at Marvel Comics, where he has a sword, um, and I think that is a name, but. There was yeah, a, uh, a lamb drink. Just kidding. That's, that's, that's Gandalf's sword. Um, I know what it is. No, I know you do. Uh, I, there was a little. There was a little line in here where somebody the faux hammer. Somebody said, "Why do you have? You know, why don't you have red hair?" And I was like, "Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. a nice little nod to actual Norse mythology because you know the the blonde Thor. That's mm-hmm. that's just Kirby. That's you know a lot of. If, it's funny because if you grow up knowing, if you grow up with this as your Thor. And then you you know read like actual Thor folklore things like that you'll 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 start to notice the differences, um, which is isn't a bad thing. But I, I thought it was. A it's nice, kind of fun like, seeing not... the discrepancies and 
discrepancies don't have, a, have to be a negative thing. No. no. It, it's mythology, for God's sakes. Right. So it's made. The, the it's not sacrilege. It's, it. No, yeah. It's fun. Unless you believe it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Norsist. <laughs> An Odinist. <laughs> I thought this was great. I really did. I was, uh, you know, it's becoming cliche to say this book continues to do excellent work, but it does. And I like the fact that the artists change, but the feel of the book doesn't really change all that much. Gardening is probably the biggest um, dis- departure, but this, you know, this guy was very close to Isad Ribic's similar style, so it felt really of the of a piece. Which and is I nice. and I like that you can play with the lore and still just have fun with it because it's like it's it's a funny issue. It's it's almost a slapstick issue. Um, it's and. When do you ever see a dragon that looks like that? That's, you know, it's not the classic, you know, George and the St. George and the Dragon Dream yeah. scale thing. And, it's yeah. dogish. It looks, yeah, it looks like a dog. Or, and he looks like he would spend his time in, in the sea, which he right. does, think, eating whales. I think, the, I think the best part of this, though, was the, uh, was the here's what's coming up from Jason Aaron at the end. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, what was it? He teased everything. And I think it was, uh, there's definitely King, old King Thor. Is coming back, and I think let's see what it's I'm old King get... Thor versus Galactus. There it is, old thing, old King Thor versus Galactus. I'm, all, you know, I'm not all one to get all salivated about stuff, but that sounds great. <laughs> that mm-hmm. sounds. I was just, I was like, I don't care what old King Thor is doing. I want to see that. Right. He's grizzled. I love grizzled characters. And he's grizzled. He's got one eye. He's got one arm. It's great. And he's just, he's just had enough of all the bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Wonderful character. Well, yeah. Speaking of one eye, Saga 18 this week, this was the issue before the uh, regular break they take, so it'll be in a couple of months till the next issue, or two months or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, this, That's fine. This, is, this issue opens up with Lion Cat getting her, her? Is it a her? Is it him? Lion Cat getting its eye poked out by uh, the mom. We see, we see its butt a lot. We don't, I don't know about genitals, though. I don't know if it's a he or a she. Right. Well, but, both both males and females have butts. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yep. There's videos so, online you can use to verify that. <laughs> um, this was this was good. Uh, this was good. I, I'm getting I'm running out of good things to say. About I, this was I, really I, strong, I, and it was and I and I want to say that this is here on the list in this position because it was a very close runner up. Uh, the thing that I read, I read a couple of books this week, two of them from Image. I read a bunch of books, but two of them uh, specifically from Image stood out to me um, for, for one reason. And, and we're going to talk about the other one later. But the first one uh, was Saga 18. And it was because um, there's a – here's your spoiler if you're not reading it. But uh, at the end of this book, there's, there's a time jump. Um, yep. And I think that that was exactly the right move that I didn't even know we needed. Yes. Um, and it was it was okay – Let's do the thing that they would do on a sitcom, you know, where they would they're like, okay, there's the baby. Let's 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 just kick the baby forward a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, temporarily. Josh is a uh, parent, by the way. Not everyone. not done <laughs> as artfully as it as it's done here. Um, no, usually no, on the sitcoms, just it's just up. between seasons and right. Oh, but all right. <laughs> I think that you know the idea, like, yes, they could do another twelve issues of them running away from people in space, but I, you know, I think the time jump is uh, good. I, at the time jump was a really good. I was like, "Oh, that's exactly the right move." Is what I thought immediately, uh, and and sort of the, one thing we can do in comics that that is easier here than anywhere else because you could render anybody any age is is do an epoch shift, and you've you've told all the things you needed to about this era, 
and now there's going to be another one, and and that's cool. I I like that. We don't we don't need to show every little step in between. Um, I thought yeah. that was a, that was a great move. That's the issue was good, just like you know all the ones before it and everything. But uh, at the end, I thought I thought it just set up that change nicely, and I'm I'm really looking forward to that next yeah. bit. I think it's not so far. It's kids not thirteen. No, I think we'd been saying that you know this arc. It's it's really interesting how. Um, how little amount of time transpires here. Like it's, it, it doesn't feel like real time. Um, mm-hmm. And to, and this almost, this sort of makes up for it. Not that you needed to make up for it, but it um, helps move things forward. Um, it will help push the story forward. It had yeah. getting, I wouldn't, I don't want to say repetitive, but you know, they were sort of stuck in that same situation for it was quite static, a long time. And then so to have, so to have this jolt, yeah, and plus you're going to have the the you know the little hiatus between now and the next arc, so we'll be all caught up. But it's it's nice to have a preview of that. Like it's, so, instead of doing that at the head of the the next issue after two or three months or whatever, um, it's nice to put it here to say this is something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I think that that softens the blow, I guess, as it were, a little bit mm-hmm. yeah. um, because you're not sort of surprised by it. You get you have a thing to look forward to. And you don't Instead feel like, like the other thing didn't finish. Yeah, and then if it starts and she's a toddler and everybody has longer hair or whatever, you're you would think like, did I miss something? So yeah, it's much more jarring. I also I like the idea that uh, I don't know, like there could be other surprises that come along with this that have changed yes. in that time and sort of learning what those are is a lot of fun. You can do anything. Anything can happen yeah. in the next in a couple of years. And I like the device of, of the narration saying basically, you know, lots of stuff happened. We had lots of adventures. Mm-hmm. Well, some more close calls. You know, just sort of paper over it. And you can like, always go back to that stuff in little yeah. flashbacks when needed, but or you don't need to. I mean, there's all kinds of adventures or to be exactly, had. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. Now, Black Science number one was pick of the week. Two came out while we were off. This is a, a issue three of Black Science. Rick Remender, Mateo Scalera, Dean White, Image Comics, and uh, Black Science number one was my pick, and I liked two and three even more. I was I was going to say exactly that. I, yeah. I, I, th- I think it's I because think the it, characters are much more recognizable and well-rounded now now they have a better sense of what's actually it's, happening it's uh it's it was very it was very similar to what we talked to when we talked about uh deadly class last week where like it's a good chapter black science i could say was arguably stronger um yes, but so. but it was the same idea like like the first one was a bit of an intro we don't know who anybody is it's, it was it's a cold open two and three and i actually read them together um so, yeah i did too yeah, uh because I, well. I had to catch up because because two came out over the holidays and, and that's that's how it works um it just cemented what the story was, who these people are, what they're going through, and it was really interesting. There was a lot of intermingling and, and different relationships going on, and and the characters uh, individually are really well defined. Guys, yeah. there's a mech in this issue. I really like those. <laughs> there's a mech suit. I gotta call oh, it a Jaeger. I'm a big fan. It's not a Jaeger. So what we've learned is that this are their team own thing. Of, there's this, there's this team, and you may have uh, read the first issue or heard us talk about it, or you don't know. But uh, to recap, there's a team of scientists who uh, built this uh, built this machine that can puncture through dimensions, and it's sort of they call it pe- peeling the onion back. The onion being the different dimensions that are out there, and trying to sort of you know, explore and use that technology to gather science and technology and uh, things that are in other dimensions and bring them back to the ho- their home dimension. You know, cure cancer, that kind of thing. I.e., cheating. Right. Um, we're using science to solve the world's problems. Perhaps we're cheating. That's a better way to put it. Um, and of course, this machine is sabotaged, and I can't say that word without thinking of Star Trek Six. Uh, sabotaged. Sabotage. 
and uh, and it, you know they get stranded in a dimension, including not just the team, but also the lead scientist's two kids and their uh, to their two administrative overlords. The, yeah, it, it's funny how everybody ended up there. I, right. It's it's great because the the um, McKay, what's his name? Not Dylan Mc, Grant McKay. <laughs> which, which, by the way, I mean Ian McKay. Ian McKay. I guess he spells it differently, but it just makes me think of uh, of a minor threat. Anyway, um, if you're out there and you know what I'm talking about, you know Rick Remender, you'll know what I'm talking about. But uh, he makes a lot of bad decisions, is what I'm saying. Yeah. A lot of poor decisions. Uh, <laughs> and, and sort of... He's having an affair with his co-worker. He brought the kids. Bringing yeah. the kids was a bad call. And, but he does. He makes the bad decisions uh, very uh, with, a, with, a bit, with a cavalier attitude. Right. Yeah, it's fine. It's going to be all right. Uh, and and there's, there's like a ton of tension going on. I think the other thing that I really, really enjoy is alternate dimension stuff can become tedious and awful. Um, but to me, an, an alternate World War One where they're fighting super, super techno Native Americans, that's all right. <laughs> I, you know, like you see the the German it's soldiers. Right. It's just it's just mixing stuff that is all very very interesting. I mean, it's this is this is science fiction. Yeah. No, like, think, what a great title. I think the tone is sort of summed up when somebody suggests that they're dimensionauts, and then the other guy says, uh, "We're not calling it that." Yeah, that's pretty much where it. we're at. Yeah. No. no, this was great. I really like this series a lot now. I mean, I like the first issue clearly, but this, these last, these two were fantastic. Uh, yeah. Three, three included. Some other big mad science going on over in Uncanny Avengers number sixteen. Well, and the cover features Yarnbjorn. Yep. Yarn. It, it, this future is about Yarnbjorn. 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 It's, it's it's almost this book is kind of the. It's like the unsung hero. Like every time it comes out, I feel like I'm reminded, like, oh, this is really good. Yeah. You know, in the midst of like, Remender's really, he's really putting out some quality work lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I think that what was good about this issue, this issue is that I feel like it, it moved things forward. Uh, and after we've been fighting sort of, you know, straight for the past few and, and it was just super actiony and it was Thor going after it, Thor going Thor after Celestial. Yeah. It, I like it, the scene a lot, the quiet scene where he finds Scarlet Witch's body and then closes, closes, her, closes eyes. her eyes, and then he—that's when he really gets pissed, and then he yeah. really sort of unleashes uh, the Thorness upon the Celestial, that. not the Celestial, the, the, the children of Kang, mm-hmm. or is it the children of Apocalypse being manipulated Apocalypse by Kang? Twins, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. You—you yeah. uh, know—you've killed my friend, and now you're blaming it all on this this mistake I made, you know, back in the day, and I've had a lot of back in the days. Because I'm Thor yeah. and I'm really old, and he cares not though. This damn Yarnbjorn thing, this is a problem. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna push your face into this portal thing, and you're gonna blow <laughs> and, up. And he's gonna burn his own arm off in the yeah. process. Um, here's a question. Yeah. Why do Celestials have treads on their boots? Well, they don't want to slip on the Celestial. It just, it feels plane. like a very earthly concept. I think it's a fashion like, thing. Yeah. Like a lug. It is weird. I don't, but yeah. uh, I do like this a lot. Steve McNiven's doing the art in this particular issue. It's hard to even predict who's going to draw it from from issue to issue. But they're uh, all good, they're, though. They're all good artists. So I just hesitate to say he's the artist now for this. You know, what's funny forward. is that when I was reading this, I, I thought I I was about halfway through it when I was like, "Hey, who is this artist?" But I didn't immediately think it was Steve McNiven. I, I guess because maybe it wasn't inked by Dexter, Dexter Vines. No, but you do see the, the sort of Steve McNiven cross hatching, which makes make me laugh for reasons that no one won't get. But Josh yeah. and Paul, yeah. Um, okay. But uh, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the Stephen Niven you see from Old Man Logan or anything, or those, no. those cap issues, so it's a little different. But, Do you think uh, L.A. Gear is the official clothier of uh, Celestials? L.A. Gear? Could be. So they all it, have it, lights I mean, it wasn't in 86. Absolutely. Were you uh, wearing those at your D.A.R.E. program? Was I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I definitely had one or two pairs of L.A. Gear. I know I threw up on the first pair. What were those shoes that you put the, the coins in, Josh? You know what Jesus. I'm talking about. They have the little, they have little Velcro pockets on the sides. Roos? Yes, like kangaroos. Yeah, kangaroos. Yeah, you can put like you a quarter. Never, never get that quarter out. No, no. Never. B- BK Knights with Dimacells. That was always a prize on Nickelodeon. Get those shoes. I remember those. Yeah. No, no one was ever fooled by BK Knights. The hell's no a Dimacell? It was like on the bottom, there was like a rubbery bit that shaped like diamond. It didn't do anything. Okay. It's now another book that came out while we were on breaks. The Saviors from Image Comics, James Robinson and J-Bone. This is issue two. And the Saviors is the story of stoner named Tomas, who has discovered that the people of his town, or at least some of the people of his town, are actually alien, lizard, dragon people. It's and, like V. Uh, it's kind of like V if a lot more weed was involved. Okay. And uh, I kind of like it. I kind of like the goofiness of it. I didn't um, make it to this because I think I didn't think it was it was this week. So. Um, I, I thought I was out. Is it like I Mars love, Attacks or? Like, I love the J Bone art. He's yeah. great. He's you know he does sort of cartoony style, um, and he's a great storyteller. He, he's he's wonderful. Yeah, I like he's done a lot J-Bone. of work with Darwin Cook. Um, the first issue I thought was was stronger. It was it was this 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 issue, kind of just one long chase scene. It's actually a really nice sequence that takes over place over one two three, four five six seven, eight page eight seven and a half pages of silent. It's a silent sequence of of just being chased by this creature. Um, but the first issue I thought was really funny. I thought it had great character stuff. Um, so far, there isn't a lot. There isn't a lot to go on here. Other than there's just this this stoner burnout who's discovered this thing that no one else <laughs> knows about. That there's aliens and and he's trying. To, he's on the run from them, and it's kind of funny and fun. It's really fun. So check it out if you're if that sounds fun to you. I think it's great. It's black and white. When number three comes out, I'm going to be caught up. Yeah. Okay. I, pro- I proclaim this. It was, there, was, there was a lot of – I had to read like twice as many books this week to try to get caught up. Yeah. This, this, was, this was the week This was the week that matched up. Yeah, we were up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the uh, J-Bone art's really, really good. Yeah. No, he's great. He's, uh, he, I, he's got a lot of uh, – it's just nice cartoony style. Now, speaking of both Crazy and James Robinson, Earth 2, annual number one. This is Robinson's former book. Um, Paul, did you drop off this? I yeah, I'm off. I'm okay. I can't. Um, so now we had Justin Jordan. Is that his name? I'm trying to get no. this channel. You did that last time. <laughs> I don't. It's in my head that that's the name of the guy. And it's Tom is, Taylor. Tom Taylor, right? The guy who does. He's from. He's the character in Unwritten. Right. Is writing Sorry. his own comic book. Um, I'm trying to get this to load, but the DCF is slow. Um, so this is this is the issue where we find out Batman's identity, and we find out that Batman in Earth Two is. Crazy heroin addict Thomas Wayne. They've already done that, <laughs> but not crazy drug addict. Her- okay, Wayne. so so Bruce Wayne was Batman in Earth yes. Two, and he yes. died along with Superman and Wonder Woman. He died. He died. Um, but, but not so now his... discovering that his father wasn't actually killed. His father was in with these drug dealers. He was supplying them with drugs from his hospital. By the way, if you are a, like a person who really looks up to Thomas Wayne as a character, as a you know, like the from the Batman movies and all. Like, don't read this. Are there people uh, like that? I mean, I like the character, but I don't. It's like I think, 
Thomas Wayne is. I won't be I crestfallen to find out that well, he's the, in an he's... alternate reality. Paul, he yeah. tells you to stand up when you've fallen. He true. So did so did so did Captain America's uh, mother, by the way. <laughs> now, um, so, anyway, so, did, so did Michael Caine about a million times in that movie, just well, surprising was, the moment. He was parroting Thomas's advice. Anyway, the point Why is. Why do we do me fall down, sir? <laughs> Bruce finds out that his father wasn't actually killed in the alley. He was, in fact, saved by Leslie Tompkins, and, and they, they switched bodies in the morgue, and he was a, an addict. And he was actually not a heroin addict. That was a joke. He's, uh, he's addicted to miracle Miracolo. So what they've done here is they have combined Batman and Our Man into one character, or sort of one character. I mean, there is a Rex Mason, but it's not. he's not. Basically, you've got Batman who is on Miracolo, so he's stronger and all that stuff. Um, but he's also an addict. He, he can't not use it. Also, Martha Wayne was like a little uh, drug dealer party floozy when he, when he met her. So that was fun. Um, but I he, but he thought that Thomas Wayne was dead? He thought he was dead. And he discovered him. Uh, Thomas Wayne had been going back and killing a bunch of people involved in the, in the drug dealer's ring, including Joe Chill, which is how this whole thing started with Joe Chill in the morgue. And Batman discovers that his father's still alive. His father's on Miracle. His father is super strong. And then once Batman dies against the the Apocalypse Army, you know, and then the you know from the beginning of the story, then Thomas Wayne takes over the mantle. There um, is no Dare program in Earth Two. They need a Dare program. No, I like the fact that you know what? Go big, go big and crazy in this book. Yeah, it is alternate reality. Yeah, go nuts. You might different. as well have fun, but. I mean, that's it's you could it could arguably say is that that's that was one of the problems with say the ultimate universe was that they they just hewed too closely. Yeah. So, so Lois Lane is Red Tornado somehow. We haven't figured that out yet. And uh, and Thomas Wayne hooked on Miracle O is Batman, and and that's what we got. Okay. That's all right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nothing wrong uh-huh. with it. Uh-huh. Ain't no thing, baby. Uh-huh. And uh, meanwhile, when this when this comes out in trade, you can go to fanboy.com slash Amazon, and you know what I bought on Amazon this week, Paul? Yarnbjorn. No, I bought no. the DVD of Quick Change, the, the <laughs> underrated Bill Murray movie. Wait, the, digi- the, the DVD or the Blu-ray? They don't. Oh, it's not the Blu-ray. Okay. Wow. They don't. Why? Wait. Look, before we move on. Yes. What prompted this? Paul was talking on Facebook about still not having watched Scrooge. People were taking the task for it. Quick Change came up in the conversation. My cousin Stephen recommended Quick Change, and I remembered how much I love Quick Change. How it's a super underrated Bill Murray movie. And I looked um, on Amazon, and not only was it available, it was five bucks. Still so not convinced it's a real thing. I would have heard about it. It's got Randy Quaid and Bill Murray. I would have heard. It is a good flavor. It's a great movie, it's and it's real. coming today, actually. All right. I'm going to watch that tonight. It's very funny. Um, so you can go to iFilm.com slash Amazon if you want to see that film or any other film. Buy it. We get a little piece of the action. And uh, helps to keep the lights on, keep the show going. That's we appreciate that. Doesn't hurt you when it hurts Amazon. And uh, meanwhile, you can also go to iFanboy.com slash registration, where you cannot buy Quick Change, but you can become an iFanboy member for three dollars a month or thirty dollars a year. Helps us directly, and uh, we appreciate everyone who does either one of those things. You are our favorite people, even more than Bill Murray, who we both do. Three of us do love, except for Paul. So no, I love Bill Murray. So I'm going to. I'm actually going to do a switch up here. Um, we should talk about Cataclysm Ultimate's Last Stand because Cat pulls a Randy Quaid. Right. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I'm yes, he flies his plane. He flies his plane into the, mouth, into the oh, mouth of Galactus. Galactus. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, so I, one thing we did just mention is that the Ultimates didn't go far enough, and we we see that now in Spider-Man they are going very differently, which is good. But here, I think we're going to see that. 
I think in this story, we, we thought maybe it would be the end of the Ultimate line and actually be the end of many of the Ultimate's characters. And I don't know that Cap is dead, but... Because they don't really wrap that part of the story up. He flies into the thing and we move on to something else. But uh... It's very... <laughs> very drown your darlings. I don't know. Um, Thor also gets thrown through a building? That's no big deal, though. Uh, yeah, so I was like, I don't know what that means for Thor, for Ultimate Thor. He's probably fine, but... Uh... I'm enjoying this still. I I think the, one of the things that was interesting is that uh, whereas I think the last issue I was like, hey, this is a pretty good Mark Bagley. This issue I was like, oh, it's Mark Bagley. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, and which which probably makes sense because he's probably going pretty fast and doing a lot of stuff. I mean. Do you remember when you interviewed him on the video show and he wouldn't stop drawing for the interview? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I remember that. And it was, and it was like, like the first issue like, was pretty rough too. Um, can I, can I keep Can I keep drawing during this? Well, I guess that's the only way this is going to happen. So, <laughs> I, I did like the use of the X-Men in this. I haven't really seen the X-Men. I don't read the X-Men books, so it was nice to see sort of what's going on, even though like, oh, yeah, short-haired I'm rem- reminded why I don't read the X- Ultimate X-Men books. Cause yeah, there was a whole lot. I was like, who's this Who's this? Who's this Jimmy right. Hudson guy? Yeah. Um, oh, he's got claws. Look at that. Right, right. Um, yeah. Um, there was a lot. I remember the last issue, there was a lot of weight, at least at the end, you know, with... Reed coming back and saying, you know, I saw what life could be and stuff. And um, there's a lot of... Did you guys read that issue where they went to the other side? We didn't talk about that. Where Reed and and Isn't that the last issue? We talked about that. Did we? Yeah. Yeah. I I might have been drinking. Okay. Well, this this issue, there are a lot of moments that could potentially have that kind of weight. And it just felt very... Rushed. This one felt a little more rushed, but I did. I'm, I am enjoying it overall with this issue, and that's visually and also just in terms of the script. It's just kind of relentless. Like it's just thing, thing, thing happening, and and nothing. And it's sort of that's sort of the point because it's nothing is phasing Galactus. You're supposed right. to see how. I, how it's, bad it's it not, is. It's not a new thing, but I really do love the fact that he's just standing there building his thing, which is <laughs> yeah. I believe what what Kirby had him do. Okay, he's just he's got a little. Got a little device that is just at hip height, and he's just he's working on his. He's got a toolbox. Yep, he's doing some welding. He's uh, <laughs> he stops for his lunch break. He sits down, has has a sandwich. Like the the threat the entire time is a is a giant man working on something in his that, garage. Yeah, like, it'd be great if the next issue he's like in shirt sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking off his tunic and he's in like he's his undershirt. Drinking a beer. <laughs> He punches his time card. Like, it's like a guy in his garage, and there's a bunch of gnats swarming around him. And it's just kind of yep. like, oh, man, it's hot in here. <laughs> going to lose the light soon. <laughs> I think that'd be great. Yep, I agree. Um, but I'm enjoying this. So, uh, Paul, I'm very curious to see what you have to say about All-Star Western 27. All-Star Western uh, number 27, I, I put on the list because I, I saw, oh, my God, it's, it's Superman and Jonah Hex. I should jump back into this because I haven't been reading it. Um, but I am, I have been curious about the, cause we talked about the last issue, right? We talked about it recently. Yeah. Last one. Yeah. So that's why I, I read it. Cause I read that one randomly and I decided to read this one too. Yeah. So it was, so it was like Jonah Hex in the future. I love that he has an American flag patch on the back of his jacket. He's basically Dennis Hopper. It's basically that. Yeah. This, this issue is ridiculous. He goes to a, <laughs> he goes to a museum, like a gallery showing about himself like and and so it's like an historical thing about all of his adventures and it's got his hatchet in a glass case and then he comes up to you know apparently he was he was displayed um like when when he died like they put his corpse like on display jumbo style yeah like <laughs> exactly and they and they put him in this ridiculous uh like Hollywood 
Holly, like the, the Western jacket that your mom wore in the 90s, or like, 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 like with Marty the tassels. McFly, we went back in time, back when he wore the 50s. Exactly. Eastwood. In the best of the uh, Back to the Futures movies. Whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. He's baiting you. Don't take it. It's my favorite. Because um, it's cowboy stuff in it. Anyways, so, and Jonah Hex is not having that. He gets so mad that he, he, he blows off his date, goes to a bar, gets drunk, gets on his, gets on his chopper, and crashes into an 18-wheeler. It's ridiculous. Fair, he, he, he's he's a new driver. <laughs> this is this is the week of comics about just ridiculous benders. Yeah, this whole this whole comic, it felt to me, and I don't mean this in a bad way. It felt like fanfic. Like it was like, what if Superman came and picked up Jonah Hex and they just talked for a while? And I'm like, this no. Yeah, and Jonah Hex is like, that. he's like, what? He's like, why? Why are you allowed to be who you are and like have all these powers? Yeah. And why aren't you on a cross somewhere? And it's just like Yeah. It was very it was it was very odd, although I'm not saying that it wasn't unenjoyable in some way. It was it, it was a it was, lot of fun. It was it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous in all of the ways. I agree with you. Always put your back. chips ridiculous on black and you're gonna win every time. Yeah. And he's going back to the past, so I yeah. I he, he wants to. He's, he's like, I want to go back to the past. Superman's like, I can't help you out. I, I don't believe that, Superman, and I think we'd all be better off if you let him. If What's he flew back the around the sun a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of times. Yep. Yep. He only, you can only do that for love, though. That's true. All right. Sledgehammer oh. 44, Lightning War number three. <laughs> okay, so this is Mignola Arcudi, artist Lawrence Campbell, on a character that I, found, I find fascinating. You know, give Lobster Johnson a little bit of a rest. Give, give Baltimore oh, a little whoa, bit of a rest. Whoa! Whoa! Oh. No, no, no. I love Lobster Johnson, but you got to use him sparingly. They do. There was a there was a lot of Lobster Johnson miniseries for a while. There's been a lot, yeah. So just there's only been two. No, I've got no. That's not right. No, I've got the the Deadly Hand was the last one. Well, there's probably they probably package a couple into one trade because they do a lot of two and three part and like one shots. Well, there's been two trades worth of material. Anyways, this like is about years. the guy who's like a suit of armor, and he's like just energy. He's just like, I don't know, some kind of Lovecraftian energy force. And there's a fight here, and the, the thing, the takeaway for this one is that there's a there's a, a U.S., you know, bomber plane, and, you know, for the good guys, and then for the bad guys, there's a bunch of fighter planes, and one is piloted by a sumo wrestler. And... It's played that totally is, straight. It's aerodynamically just unfeasible. Yeah, and um, and it's he, he's a sumo. Talk, it's a weight problem. You got to bring I, less munitions with you. The thing that's important is he's he's a sumo wrestler flying the jet, and he's worn pants, but he still hasn't put a shirt on. Oh. So he's just in. He's in the dungarees and he's flying the jet, and the lightning forty four thing or sledgehammer forty four, whatever he's called grabs him out of there and electrifies all of him, like the fat off of each. He's just a skeleton. It's crazy. And there's like another, there's a Nazi thing that's also powerful and it's all about energy and electricity and stuff. And uh, I like this character a lot. And go back and read that first miniseries. It's well, I'm not like going to do it now if you made fun of Lobster Johnson, you jerk. I love Lobster Johnson. I'm just saying, put him on the shelf for a little bit. The next issue comes out next week. A little week, bit. Make me want him. Yeah. Lobster Johnson next week. Hmm, look at that. Invincible. Invincible 108. This was the other book that I talked about when we were talking about uh, 
paradigm shift and uh, I, I very careful. Yeah, no, it's fine. No, I'm reading it's, a trade. Be I know that. Reading. I know. I can. I can do this. You won't. You. It's no, you not can. a thing that you would know is coming. The thing is, it's like one of those things where it's a very good book, like it is, but it's sort of. It's just been doing this thing for a while, and 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 Mark has had this existential crisis, and he's. Yeah, he, there was there was two things about this that were impressive. Careful. One, there was a very well written. And it felt like a very honest argument between Mark and Eve, and it was drawn. It was uh, like it was drawn melodramatically, and there was like crying and screaming. It's but drawn melodramatically? Yeah, it was. There was like, like big tear stains on the- <laughs> very anguished. Faces. Yeah, okay. yeah, but okay. it really read like a real argument. Well, you know, I, was I, actually- I, I would say this about Kirkman and Invincible and Walking Dead is I think a lot of people compl- I've seen a lot of people complain about the writing in Walking Dead, but. To me, the writing in Invincible has always been very strong, especially the interpersonal re- relationship yeah. writing. I, I always thought that Mark, um, Eve fighting or whatever was always very real. Sounded very real. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not hard to take the imagine that like this feels realistic, and it's it's like she she's like you know she's upset because he's leaving to go do a thing and. And 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 she's like, you're not thinking about the family, and he's like, that's all I think about. And I was like, okay, this is too close. To real life. <laughs> but it felt very, very true, and I was, I was, I was extremely impressed by it. And like, they have to leave angry and whatever. Anyway, at the end of the book is is a, is a paradigm shift, and I don't know how long this is going to be the case, but theoretically, this could be the book for a while, and it completely shifts the character out of where we were into another thing, and I think it was. I got to the end. I thought this is absolutely the right time to do this. Um, right. This is this is this is exactly what the book needs. And, and you go somewhere else for for a little while, and you make this the status quo for you know however long. And and I was that's that's a really good. And it's just like the time shift in Saga, like you know, just just change everything. There's no reason you can't. It's an ongoing. He wants the book to go on forever. So you know, why do you always have to stay in the world we're in? Let's go see what else there is. Um, really well done. Really, so everybody really, animals or. Listen, you don't want to know. Okay. You don't want to know. Yeah, east of that's, West. That's it. They're animals. Yeah, East of West. So. Nine, number nine. Number nine. My stack of books um, that was left over from the last month it, it, it contained an inordinately high proportion of Hickman image books. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm starting to realize that while I really want to like East of West, I don't really so mm-hmm. much. And I think that I might be done with it. It's you've always ha- had that problem with well, these books, though. I, it's true. Fine. It's true. Not everyone has to like everything, but you've always, exactly. you've always not tried, everybody is smart. Not everybody really is. You know I, what it is? Is my favorite stuff that he has ever done. My favorite stuff that Hickman has ever done have been short miniseries. Mm-hmm. Pax Romana was was you know three issues or something like that. And I feel like like these stories might be things that would be served as six, eight, twelve issues series. And and that's enough. Like like there's a story there, but I don't know if it has to be thirty issues or or whatever. But you know, this is this is nine issues in and we're building towards this thing and everything's really serious and there's I don't know, there's just there's no sense of humor to it, which doesn't always have to be. I'm I'm just I can't pin my finger on what it is that doesn't grab me because I want to like it. Mm. Uh I don't think I do. So there's a lot of mythology here and a lot of stuff that happened in the past and going back to that and that that's kind of a wrench in the forward momentum of it. 
Yeah, at it's, least it's, in my understanding of it. I, I it's, you know, I, it's about this plotting. issue, I really liked the sequence with the oracle. Oracles are always creepy when they play, like, do stuff with how they're blind or they don't have eyes. And in this one, you know, the oracle absorbs like death's eyes, like uses tentacles and pulls the eyes out of his head and into hers, and it's it's yeah. pretty gnarly. Um, it's a great looking book. Yes. There's a lot of great stuff in here. Um, it's not always super coherent. No, no, it isn't. It's hardly ever, but uh, <laughs> but it, it's but there's stuff that really makes me want to get it. Like I, yep. I'm with you on that. I really want to like it. It's, I want it, to it like just, everything, is, but uh, this uh, is Manhattan a book where projects is in a similar position for me right now. I really want to like it a lot, but I just don't. I can't tell what the path is. I guess I don't know. I don't know what we're headed for, or if I if I'm gonna care about what it is we're headed for. I don't know that the answer is for it to be a six issue miniseries because there's a lot here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I mean not necessarily, but I maybe maybe it's about trimming it down though, and and, and possibly yeah. But maybe that's a bad that doesn't work with his thing. There's people who like his stuff and they like the way that this goes, uh, you know. And I won't put up with this. I won't. I won't go along with it. Like on a superhero book, I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't. You know, it's fine. But on these, I feel like he's got a little more freedom. And maybe I'm just trying to get back to some of the earlier stuff of his that I really liked. Mm. Um, it's good, but it's just not grabbing me. Like I put off reading it. And that's never a good sign. <laughs> Connor, what's going on in Batman and Robin Annual Number One? Number two, actually, I was wrong on the oh, script there. Uh, I wasn't going to read this originally. I haven't been reading the book itself but i saw that it was a batman and robin flashback tale to when dick grayson was bat robin of course i will read that and uh shut up and uh there's three things i have a problem with this issue one two of them two of them are displayed on the cover first the cover looks like batman's punching robin that's That's problem problem number one um number two is looking at this cover this issue and then also looking at some of the marvel stuff this week i had a thought this week that we're entering a dark period for costumes in comics in that mm. the the marvel side you've got all these characters wearing the movie costumes which look silly what's Captain funny America, is that the hawkeye etc cetera, etc cetera. the thing that that made the movies possible was able to was they found they had to find a new sort of way to make the costumes work right and now it's working retroactively the other way and it is a negative effect right so on the Marvel side, I think the, the movie influence is hurting those characters' looks. I think Captain America looks stupid. I think Hawkeye looks stupid, especially when they give him the triangle glasses for some I reason. I love when Connor says stupid. Um, and then the DC side, you know, we've been well-documented even when we were enjoying the new two, the, the, the costumes. But, I mean, look at that Robin costume. Yeah. We're admired we're in some sort of awful 90, early 90s cost design period right now where – Everything is overly designed. There's, look at all these random lines and pieces. What is that piece on his knee for? I mean, there, there's a reason why there was the reaction to that early '90s period was, was to go back and simplify everything in comics. And, you know, the costumes went back simple, got more simple, and went back to basics. Everybody went back to what originally worked so well. And I can only hope that'll happen eventually here too, that, because that Tim costume was the best one as a, as a, a sort costume. of yeah. modern. Uh, Robin that looked effective and not not over. You're right. Uh, what is what are those little V's all over the damn thing? I don't know, but it just it made me annoyed that you know design's important in a visual medium. With these characters, you you know you have, you you identify them by their appearance, and you I mean this is who they are. And uh, I think there's I think some good the, stuff though. I think there is a, there, there will always be good stuff in the mix of the bad, and I, yeah. I don't say everything is bad, but I just thought about that looking because there was a lot. I read a lot of Captain America books this week, yeah. like three or four of them where he was in it. It's a problem. And it, 
every time I see him, I just groan because it looks so. Even he looks better on the in the movies. He's not even wearing the movie costume in the comics. He's wearing some weird hybrid version. I mean, you take the you take the three different Thors. Those look great. Yeah, right. They're always uh, Thor's Thor's a costume that, interestingly enough, when they redesigned it a number of years ago, I guess it was Olivetti. That costume looked great. That really didn't that didn't take away from from the Kirby design that had worked for so well for so long. Uh, You mean the Quapel design? Yeah. What did I say? Olivetti. Olivetti. You mean Olivier Quapel? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah, uh, Quapel. You know that. That one really worked, and 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 a lot of them don't. But I I don't know what does Thor look like now. I can't. There's been so many different versions of it now that I'm trying to remember. Well, it doesn't look like a costume. It looks just like he's Thor. I don't know. Um, yeah, Declan Shalvey. Did that a is good an awful. One. That is not a good cover. You're right about that. But, I was gonna say uh, Declan Shalvey did a good one on a uh, boomerang. Yeah, and the Moon Knight stuff looks good. Anyway, the point is that it is distressing that I don't like looking at a lot of these characters because they just they're they're bad. I thought the story of this was fine. The, the third problem is the, the idea that anybody thinks that, that uh, Damien was the best Robin is a lunatic. That's my other only other problem. I mean, this issue sort of except the idea that everybody thinks he was the best Robin, which is stupid. Yes. But what, is stupid. Best, what does best mean? I just, I, I, got, I, I was a little like... Tim's the best Robin. Tim is the best Robin. It wasn't Robin anymore, Paul. Huh? Is there no Tim? Robin. He's Red There's Robin. Not, but he was never Robin in this? Yeah. Never Robin. He was Red Robin. That is how stupid the timeline is. Yeah. In my continuity, Tim was the best Robin. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I think that you're right. I think you're right. There's, and then the other, the other thing I was just, I just, are we gonna keep? Why? I don't know why we're revisiting. Uh, it's an annual. I know that's what they do in these, but I was just like, I don't, I don't want to read another story about Damien. Like you wanted, you got rid of him, so get rid of him. Right. They're if you want to write stories him about lot. him, keep him the hell around and make it interesting. But don't get rid of them because it's not working and then keep going back to it. It's weird. Right. Move on. <laughs> Move on. So those are the books we're going to talk about this week. Now there's uh, been a lot of movie casting news to this week and in the past couple of weeks we haven't really talked about. So we thought we would lump them all together and talk about some of the upcoming or far in the future comic movies whose casting has been announced. Okay, so Paul Rudd as Wonder Woman. What do we think? <laughs> let's all right, let's start with that movie then. Uh a couple Which last week, week before uh Ant-Man casting news finally happened. We finally yeah. figured out who was playing Ant-Man and which Ant-Man it would be and we found out it was two Ant-Men. Michael Douglas would be playing Hank Pym and Paul Rudd would in fact be playing Scott Lang, the uh, the current Ant-Man. And uh this is the, for the Edgar Wright Ant-Man movie, which comes yes. out 2015. Now, yeah. yeah. Now, Robert Kirkman created... No, he didn't create No, that. it was, the, it was the other one. It was the uh, okay. middle one. Okay, you're right. And they're not going to let him be in a movie. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, no. we could do this, and it would be a good story and everything, but we'd have to play Robert a lot of... Can it? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for this. I, I, I know everyone was hoping that Paul Rudd would be playing Hank Pym. And I don't really have any any feelings either way for Scott Lang. I like, but I like the idea of flashing back to a yes. like a '60s style. You know, I, you, you've got to believe they're going to flash back. Oh yeah, and see Hank Pym in action as a young man, which means you're going to get like, you know, a period piece, another period piece, at least a couple of scenes as a young Hank Pym, which will be awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like, the part I'm most excited about. Yeah, and I like the idea of you know, I love Michael Douglas. I think it'd be great as sort of the retired hero aspect of it. I think this is cool. I just, I just keep seeing Liberace. Exactly. Well, even, even, even then, it'd be cool. I like the idea of this is sort of playing with I've like, made myself very small. 
no. <laughs> I, like I can fit inside a very small space. <laughs> um, I think it's cool. I like this one. I was very excited when they announced this. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I, I, I'm, re- I mean, Edgar Wright uh, is is a hell of a filmmaker, but he's also incredibly uh, his own voice, and it's not like anything else. I'm really interested to see what it will be. I'm not sure it will be good, but I think it will be interesting. No, no. I think it'll be. I mean, it, I, I'm not even saying it's going to be bad. But if it fails, it will be because it was ambitious. Right. It's, is my point, and I, I, I find that to be laudable. Right. I have not seen this latest one. I haven't. Seen, I haven't yet to see like a movie it. of his. I haven't enjoyed, but I, it, the last one. I, I it, the last one to me was like uh, the world's end. Was was like. Uh, it was like you had old friends and you hadn't seen them in a while and you were really looking forward to go seeing them and you got there and the conversation was just kind of boring. Right. Yeah, it needed jokes. <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah. mean, I, I went in and I was really, it was, I was excited for it and I, I like all those performers. It, just, yes. it wasn't especially funny. Yeah, that's what it was. It wasn't funny. Now, getting back to this, I like the idea of Paul Rudd as a superhero main character. I like the idea of possibly seeing Paul <laughs> Rudd in the, midst of, in the midst of the Avengers at some point later in the future. I think yeah. that'd be a really funny thing to, to, you know, I think he's such an oddball. You know, he's not like the alpha male right. type. He's, he's kind of the Bruce Banner, but times 100. The pl- the Bruce Banner, but times? But times 100. Um, Hello. So I like, I like. I like that. I think this is gonna. I think this I is think great. they should definitely. You know when they did the thing with um, I don't know if it was Mighty Avengers or what, but like they had these big group shots of the Avengers, and they snuck one of the Ant Men into them. Like right. he was really small. Like I was there that time, but you just didn't see me. Like that'd be fun if they played with that with the like if they went back to the original. He's been he's been there the whole time. He's, yeah. he was fighting the Battle of New York. He just was so small. Yeah, and we just we just missed him. It was like the Nikki and Paolo episode of Lost, <laughs> except. In my mind, this would be a good thing instead of that, which wasn't. So that's exciting. I'm curious to see if they're going to have uh, Wanda Van Dyke, if she's going to be a contemporary of... Janet? Janet. Who's Wanda? Janet Wanda Van is Dyne. Which, Janet Van Dyne. Wow. I was, I, th- I was like, I missed, did I miss something? What are we talking about? <laughs> I'm multitasking. I've got four screens going right now. Um, uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they're going to have Wanda, if she's going to be a contemporary of Michael Douglas, a contemporary of Paul Rudd. Listen, I've got you said Wanda again. going. What are you? What are you? Oracle over there? What are you? What are you? What are you doing? I got, I got a timer on one screen. I got the script on the other. I got. I got information. On, uh, there's a lot of things happening. I'm okay. monitoring the new things. Let's talk about the movie that everybody's in: Superman versus Batman. Right. Um. I think I'm in this. Are you? I don't know what I'm doing. I, everybody seems to be in it. I'll feel very bad if I'm not in it. We're not entirely clear if Ben Affleck is. <laughs> So this is the film that, A, most importantly, has been pushed back a year. So it was supposed to originally be seen in 2015. Now it's 2016. I don't see, I don't see, I don't see a lot of fans going, oh, man. We could all be I dead. wanted that sooner. I think it's interesting that they are – I mean, it's going to be shot next year, and it'll come out the year after. I think it's fascinating that, that no matter what happens, Warner Brothers superhero movies just can't do it. Like, mm-hmm. this, is, this, is, this is so powerful. This is the script. You know, this is what happens to every one of them. They just get pushed yeah. back, take too long, and people don't agree, and yeah. they don't and know what it so is. There's, and... there's speculation at this point, like, are they? Is it even going to be called Batman versus Superman, which or Superman versus Batman, which has been a placeholder anyway? But is it just? Are, is this the opportunity to call it Justice League or something like that? Because that's what it's sort of turning into. No, it's, it's from what I know, know, and I know, I know a couple people in here 
who are one step removed from the movie in two different places, one okay. on the creative side, one on the producing side. And it's definitely a Superman vs. Batman movie. Okay. At least, well, here's the thing. It was, it's, it's being completely reworked, which I find the casting interesting because last I was told is they started from scratch again on the script. So who actually who knows what the story is going to be at this point? No, but, so who uh, knows who's the in cast is fits then you know like they're redoing it. But um, so this week was announced Jeremy Irons is playing Alfred Pennyworth and Jesse Eisenberg is playing Lex Luthor and previously we had Gal Gadot announced as Wonder Woman and Jason Momoa announced as an unknown character which I've been told two different characters uh, from two different people close to the project. So Star, I think I think it was from what I've told it was changed. And I can't, I can't say anything. I promise I wouldn't say. But Mr. Mitzel Predilick. I was told the same character by two people, and then later on, once the announcement was changed that the title, the movie date had changed, I was told the his character might change again with with the story. So I, I the, the main thing is everything's up in the air right now. Mm. You know, the story could completely change. These actors could drop out because it's, it's a year from now. You know, actors yeah. drop out projects all the time. Um, what do you like when a, there's no script? Out. Yeah. Okay, so, so so okay, Jeremy Irons. I really like Jeremy Irons. Mm-hmm. It's a, it sound, a slightly it younger me, Alfred, which is interesting. Well, it sounds to me exactly. I could I can see the comic book Alfred, yeah. the guy that that you know that Scott Snyder writes every month. I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. It's perfectly. X, I think X, it's uh, sure. I, it's X, something what, I what never was, was he, ever would have thought of. Was he special forces or something special like forces. that? Yeah, I mean, he was he was a he was a he was a bad boy. And he, Jeremy Irons is 65. Let's not, you know. Yeah, it's not no, like it's he's, perfect. He's not, he's like, he's super young or anything. But he's also like. He How trained, old is Michael Caine? Trained at. Michael Caine is as I'm old. I'm just saying he's, I said he slightly younger. I didn't say, you know. Michael Caine. Michael Caine will blow your bloody doors off. Okay. Um, he's 16 years old. So there's, Michael Caine's 80. Nothing wow. really of interest to talk about with Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I mean, that's pretty basic. <laughs> Um, I, 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 what, what's interesting is that that's a very specific casting for a script that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I think he, I think he would make a fine, smart bad guy as we've seen before. So it's not right. You know, it's it's not the one that you've seen, but let's let's put it out there: you've seen that one. Well, right. I don't understand why people want to keep going back and seeing the same version of the same thing over and over again. Hey, put a different take. To? Put a different take on it. Yeah, you no, see, I think it's I how think many it's movie, How many movie Lex Luthers have there been? Right. Just two, I guess, but I movie mean, versions, there's been two. And then Smallville. Smallville, and then right. there was uh, Lois and Clark, and yeah. Why not? There's been a why, bunch of different versions. So do a different thing. Yeah, no, I think, I think the idea of doing it younger, I mean, they did it with Smallville, but also, you know, he's he's Superman's age. He's, so that works in the historical context of a character That's being a good the same point. age. That's is a he? really good point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I looked both, it up. I guess he is, yeah. Um, so that, that works in the Smallville way of them being contemporaries. And Lex Luthor is awful nebbishy. <laughs> um, That's very strange. It'll be interesting to see if they actually do go with the bald route. They didn't always go with the bald route. You know, Gene Hackman wasn't bald until the very, very end and, of the film, and, and John Shea wasn't bald in Lois and Clark, so they didn't necessarily have to go that way either. I can, just, I can totally see it in, in the room when they're talking about it and saying – Let's, you know, the rumor was Cranston. Maybe they even, like, thought about that. Let's say they even, that, that was even a name that was on a whiteboard or something. And, like, Cranston's older. It should be somebody younger. It should be, it, you know, it should be like, uh, should be like Mark Zuckerberg. Wait a minute. Why don't we just cast Mark Zuckerberg? Like, why don't we just actually do that instead of well, doing I mean, something it does, it does like make it? For an interesting thing. Could it, maybe he'll be a different kind of Lex. Maybe he'll be a Lex Luthor who was an internet guy, 
You know? Oh, yeah. It could yeah. be all kinds of things to go it's with. Kind of Lex Luthor. <laughs> You've never seen before. Never thought of before. Um, <laughs> when are we going to not do that? Never. It's I've been 11 years. Um, the, you know, there's, I, I'm not going to freak out about it until I see more. I know more. There's really nothing to know. He's a good actor. I like him. I've seen him. Everything I've seen him in, I liked him in. It's very interesting because he was an episode sort of, of Modern Family. Yeah, he was great in that. He was always mm-hmm. sort of the uh, the not Michael Sarah for a little bit there. You like, know, it's funny he's a different kind of actor than Michael Sarah. But he's got a thing. But they had I mean, similar roles yeah. for a time, yeah. and so now I'm thinking about Michael Sarah as Lex Luthor, and I'm sure that will be <laughs> I'm thinking, on Funny or Die or something. I'm thinking of Michael Sarah from This Is the End as Lex Luthor. <laughs> and that that's <laughs> that would work. Actually, I would like that would work. Um. So, you know, we'll see. I'm not going to freak out about any of these people. I think they're, you know, I don't know anything about Gal Gadot. I've never seen her in those uh, Fast and the Furious Those are fun. I actually watched those recently, um, those past few. And, uh, I I mean, I I don't know. It's it's not entirely evidence of what she would be like in a Wonder Woman role, but... um, That's what a Wonder Woman role would be like. Yeah, who knows? Well, I, I know what it won't be like. Or I guess I, I mean, uh, the pilot is what I mean. Right. Like, right. It's, it's not going to be like that, which is fairly standard. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I, you know, I'm not excited for this movie, but I'm also not unexcited. I'm, I'm almost excited more for the car crash aspect of whatever it's going to be. I and hope I, that if I it's, hope it's good, though. I, I hope that if it's bad, it's better bad than Green Lantern was bad. Well, Green Lantern was not so much bad as boring. That's what I mean. Like it was just like it happened. I, I I don't remember anything about it. Right. It's just it's mixed in with all the other Ryan Reynolds movies in my head. Right. Right. I know. Just doesn't matter. <laughs> so he bought. He was late for the kids' birthday party. That's all. I, which which makes him a. Dick. I caught no some of it on it. HBO the other day, and there were sequences of it that are okay, but in the end, it's just boring. But uh, well, there's, some, there's some inspired choices here. That's you know. Yeah. Um, Casting is good. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. I I have I have no real problem with Ben Affleck as Batman just on paper. We'll have to see how it turns out. But I I, I like I, Ben Affleck as I like him as a filmmaker. I can't um, picture it. I have a yeah. hard time picturing it. I I do. I don't have a problem. With I can't either, picture I can't it. Picture but it. I'm not. I'm just saying I'm not averse to it because I know there's there are people who are very knee jerk like that's horrible. Right. I, I'm just I don't know what it's what it is yet. Yeah, um, I, well, it, because you say it's horrible because immediately you picture <laughs> stiff neck daredevil, right? And um, that's weird. But he wasn't the worst part of that. The the one sort of eyebrow raising thing for me for this movie, which was like weeks or months ago, was when they announced that um, he brought on the Argo screenwriter mm-hmm. to, and I don't know if he's even still you know on it at this well, point. Well, I think with that's all the changes, I mean, but I don't know for sure who's doing. The the rewrite, but they're they're doing like you know page one rewrite on on this movie. So I'm hoping that they recognize they need a stronger story. But then again, people a lot of people love the first one and it made seven hundred million dollars. So yeah. uh, maybe they don't necessarily recognize that. But it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Now we get two more years of this. <laughs> of people bitching on Twitter about it. So this well, is yeah. like a little time capsule. Like a year from now, it's totally different cast you know people are there's so much time for people to drop out <laughs> yeah especially a guy like Affleck who makes his own films I mean this is I think the worry was that pushing it off a year would then mean the inevitable Justice League sequel would happen when the t- during the time that Ben Affleck's supposed to be making his next film mm. and he's 56 Which, yeah and he's well I think that's part of the character supposed to be old and 
you know, retired. So that and nobody's going to be really old. He's going to be Michael Caine old by then. <laughs> I mean, the cool. the rate that these movies move at, right? You know, the, they take for you know, Marvel's Marvel, really good about getting them out quick. Marvel moves fast, and and I mean, one thing that I think you're seeing here that is t- taking a lesson from Marvel is that Marvel built a cast of interesting characters and actors, and they kind of built those. They built those the existing characters around them mm-hmm. uh, to a certain extent. You know, it you know it seems now in retrospect that that Robert Downey Jr. is the perfect Tony Stark, but it was still a departure. You know, he's he's much more flamboyant than I think Tony Stark was, and now the comic reflects that. Or you take something like uh, Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye, or or even or even you know Ruffalo's quirky uh, Banner. Right. You know, the, all those things were were created because of the personalities of those actors to a certain extent. So maybe it's not a bad idea to just put some actors in roles. Right. You know, and, and try to create something out of it. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Try to create something out of out of that. It's not it's not it's not a terrible idea. It's it's worked before. And yep. and 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 maybe I what I mean, one of the things about DC stuff is that they're treated like such sacred cows that it never seems to work. Right. You know? Uh and the best like if you think about the best things that we've seen in terms of DC um Adaptations are things like uh, like Heath Ledger as the Joker, mm-hmm. which was not not on book. You know, it was it was something that was created uh, by the screenplay and the director and the actor to do a new thing with a concept, and that worked worked brilliantly. So maybe maybe this other stuff could too. Yeah, right. We'll see. I'm open to it. Um, and they also talked this week about Captain America three. And oh right, yes. Thor three. I'm open yes. for Ragnarok and Thor three. I really am. Play with that Loki stuff. Uh, we'll you see. Know, I think. I think the seat. biggest thing to take away from all of this is that is that it's this, it's the repeated cycle of a rumor comes out, fans get attached to that rumor, and then when the rumor doesn't pan out, everyone freaks out that it wasn't that thing, and mm-hmm. that's just you can't get attached to it. I mean, everyone's saying that Thor three is gonna be Ragnarok, but maybe it won't be. It could just be a another rumor, some other kind of Nephilim I never be even good. heard of. Before. It'll be some other kind of thing you never heard of. It'll be fun. Um, <laughs> I'm just but, saying it would be a natural. That's all. I'm not saying sure. that that's definitely well, yes what's and going no, to be. On, we have no idea where the story's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have to. It's not just coming off of Thor two. It's coming off of Avengers two, and, right? And the other things. So, I think the most important thing to look forward to is the fact that in two months, Captain America two comes out, and that looks awesome. It does look great. Yeah. So two months, April. Yeah. Whoa, it's, it's early. I was I was shocked too. Oh, it's the first week of April. Yeah. I'll go see that. And then August is Guardians of the Galaxy. We've not seen one bit of that movie. That's August? Yeah. Holy poop. Yeah. So is that why um, – these are going to be very elementary questions, but I don't pay attention to it because it changes so much. Uh-huh. Is that why uh, Chris What's-His-Name was not on Parks and Recreation yes. for that, that period of time because he was shooting that movie? Yes, and that's why he came back thinner. See, and, and what's funny – made a joke about him not drinking beer anymore. Huh. Yeah, well, well, what's funny about that is that I thought – I'm watching. I go, he must have been off shooting that movie, but I got – that's awful soon. Yeah. And then they August. did it. It does, it does feel fast, but yeah. Marvel is like a speedboat and Warner Brothers is like a tanker. And Marvel can move fast, change direction fast, turn around quickly, do all the kind of things where it's really hard. You know, Warner Brothers moves like a tanker. and they have, You got to turn it around and it takes forever. Well, what Warner's just, Warner Brothers seems to be trying to do is to make something bigger. And Marvel has built it in a certain way where they, have, they, they don't have giant actors. They have a couple of giant actors who are tent poles, but you know Hemsworth was relatively unknown. Chris Evans is not a huge star. 
you know, uh, Chris Pratt is not a huge star. They're right. people that, that they can get to work for these things. And, for cheap. And for cheap, relatively speaking, whereas... Oh, no, cheap. I mean, yeah. these guys yeah. are making nothing on, them, on these movies. Yeah. Except for Downey. Ben Affleck, uh, you, you know, got to work with him. He's an Oscar-winning everything. <laughs> True. Yeah. All right, so those are interesting films. We're going to talk about them more, I guess, as the years go on. In Superman's case, as the years go on, I'm sure we'll be there'll be more casting <laughs> news. We still have Flash and Green Lantern to cast, so look forward to that. And uh, we're talking about Captain America: The Winter Soldier in April, so that'll be fun. Yeah. What was what was uh what was Jeremy Irons? What was his name in uh, 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 Die Hard? He was not Han. Was he Klaus Gruber? Or was <laughs> Because Hans Gruber was his brother. Right, right, right. Uh, Klaus Gruber. I may have just poisoned Keith Gruber. Him. Klaus was the Simon. Simon was his favorite. Simon name. Gruber. No. Simon. He, was he actually Simon? Or was that Kevin his, Gruber. Because he had like the stutter and he would. I really love Die Hard 3. I just, Die Hard 3 is great. That's my point. I'm going to look at this one. What you if guys... we put angry Sam Jackson in this? I think that's a good idea. I think he should follow John McClane around. No, it's Simon Gruber. Klaus was one of his henchmen. Oh, okay. Oh, Klaus was one of the... He was in the first one. Wasn't no, the, Klaus the was Simon Gruber's henchman in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Well, there was definitely a Klaus in the first there's one. A lot, there's Guys, German, we have a very important Klaus. voicemail that we have to get to here, so... I, I'm really having more fun talking about Die Hard 3. You just you know, wait till you point... hear the voicemail. Okay. Hey, this is a call from one of your big fans in Scotland. Uh, just unfortunately, it's Tuesday today, so I've got to wait tomorrow for my comics, so I thought I'd give you a bell. I also got a shout-out to something bloody awesome, Edinburgh's first comic and sci-fi convention happening this April on the 12th and 13th of 2014. Um, there'll be lots of comic book guests, sci-fi guests, there'll be Leo Manko's first ever European convention. It will be Norman Fogel coming over to meet up in Scotland with... Fellows with the Scott, um, Alan Grant. Um, there'll be lots and lots and lots of going, lots of Doctor Who guests, Star Wars guests, and such like. Um, just taking a complete punt, guys, because I fanboy, massive podcast, and I'm a massive fan, I fanboy. So there we go, guys. Thanks so much, and uh, cheerio. Ta-da. Cheers. That I sounds hope. great. I wish I could go. I, I, I honestly do. I'd love to go to Scotland. I didn't get all of that. Oh, you, I, I, I got most of it. I got the enthusiasm behind it. Let me ask you it. this. Did you hear the word Norm Brayfogle? <laughs> oh, I, was there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You, um, should, you should keep listening to that. So you if you have... have finely tuned ear for dialect that I have. I... No, I, this, this is very thick. I heard most... I got most of it. Um, so if you're in Edinburgh, there's going to be a, co- a comic convention in April. So there you go. There's some information for you. If you're in Edinburgh, there's a comic convention in April. I just I translated that. Ah, perfect. That was that was, that was patronizing an awful lot. He also about. didn't give us his name, but he did he did tell us where he was from through his voice. Well, he he was he was speaking for all of Scotland. He was oh. representing <laughs> the nation. That's what I got. But as one that's voice a, together, that's a that's a weird Scottish bylaw. Do we do we all have Scottish roots, or is it just me and Connor? Uh, I probably have a little bit. I'm Scott Irish, so I, there's 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 a def, there's a touch. It's like a like a like an like a an eighth. Kilpatrick's are from Scotland. My family crest is a is a woman holding a severed head. What? Really? It's so badass. What? What's, Connor's is 
Your your motto is one of my favorites. Oh, well, I know it's the I, Irish motto, wasn't it? Well, I looked all over Ireland for something with your name on it, and that's when I realized that it's all been a lie. Yeah, it's, it's got not it. Irish at all. No, but the, no, my the, mom's my mom's side is her grandmother was from Ireland. My dad's side, the Kilpatrick's came over from Scotland in the seventeen hundreds. Okay, so oh, yeah, Ka- the Kilpatrick the family, family motto is "We make sure." <laughs> Connor, is that okay? Yeah, hang on, let me look. Yeah, yeah that's we're okay. good. Mine is a belt turned into a loop, and then inside there's a woman holding an anchor, and then in the other hand a severed head, and it says Garde Bien, which means guard well. That's crazy. Mine is, Mine uh, is a knight. I've got a knight. I make yeah. sure. I make sure. That is, that is not the most badass. Sure. That is not the most badass motto. Mine is a tree on a slight hill, and then occasionally it's, it's shown with a flaming sword. Oh, under- wait a minute. Wait a minute. In the crest, there's a knight, and he's old, and there's a there's a bloody sword. So I make sure means we we make sure. Oh, you need to take care of them. Yeah, like you go through, and all the corpses on the ground, they poke them <laughs> to make sure they're not getting back up. Yeah, because I'm uh, for Borderland or Borderland family. My so uh, that, that's what there's some Irish in there. The Flanagan's motto is uh, "I have fought and conquered," which, looking at my life, uh, is a bit <laughs> ironic. There's also, I mean, all these models are about about fighting because that's how things were in the. Well, it's it's about posturing to a certain extent, right? So, mm-hmm. I like the bloody sword on that. That's awesome. Well, there you go. So, thanks for calling in and giving us the update of the Scottish uh, comic convention. In the meantime, if you want to call us or send us an email, contact at ifanboy.com is the email. Eight 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 fanboys three two six two six nine seven is the voicemail, and we are gathering together our relationship best relationship emails. We're going to take our you know, pick out the best ones that we got in from the emails and the voicemails. We've gotten some of each. So keep sending those in. We're going to do that probably. Valentine's uh, Day is coming up. That's actually a good time. Let's do that. Val- so get yours in before Valentine's Day. And for the show, the week of Valentine's Day, we'll do these relationship emails. So uh, make sure you send those in. If you're but, thinking, is this too embarrassing? Send that in. That's yes. exactly when you should be. We don't have to even in. use your name. If you, if you want to put something embarrassing and, and ask, we don't use your name. We will definitely do that. Also, Send we sex say, advice. I've been listening to, to Zan Savage. I think I can fake it. Yeah, we'll do sex advice. We'll do relationship <laughs> advice. Here's the thing. We don't want you to send in your relationship advice. This may be unclear. We've had some people do that. We we need questions and not advice. We advice, clearly don't need any advice. Yeah, we don't need advice. I mean, we, come we on. We have fought we, and conquered. We have fought and conquered. I get it done. I mean, it's fine. You so, make sure. You don't, you it, don't do it. You just you checked that it had been <laughs> It's done. Finished. So send did, us in uh, did Thompson Val- finish that work? Kilpatrick? Hang on, let me find out. Yeah. yeah. No, or no, no. No, done yet. No, he's got a, He's got some more to do. All right, let's plug some shows, some things. Hold on, quick, let me let's look at the calendar and give them a deadline. So oh, all right. Valentine's Day is the 14th. So we'll do that show, that the, for the show for that comes out on the 16th. So you have until February 12th to send in your relationship questions or sex questions or whatever questions uh, for that show. So fe- February Two 12th. Weeks. You got two weeks to get two weeks. Two weeks. We're gonna we're gonna set you up good. Yes. You ready for a surprise? Plug your shows, Paul. Plugs and announcements. All right. Uh, Over on Fuzzy Typewriter, you can check out um, some weekly podcasts on True Detective. Connor was on one of those, uh, and Justified as well. Uh, I'm very sad that True Detective is taken off for the Super Bowl. Oh well. 
Um, let's see. And then over on CBR, comic book resources, check out every Sunday. Uh, there is a um, Sunday conversation, which is a uh, text interview with uh, – it's not by text. Like it's not – I don't use fours for four or anything. I'm talking to comic book creators, writers and artists about the things that interest them. Uh, I, and the most recent one is uh, Evan Doc Shaner, who's going to be the artist – on the upcoming Flash Gordon book, and you'll be seeing a lot on uh, Adventures of Superman uh, digitally uh, on the Comicsology and elsewhere. Um, and then uh, we got a big book explode, the first of our three-part discussion with special guest Scotty Young talking about the Akira manga by Otomo. Um, we talked about the first two volumes of that, uh, and we we haven't read past that yet, so we don't have spoilers for the rest of it. Then when all is said and done, we'll be talking about the movie as well. So. That'll be over the next few weeks and months. You're just going to get in front of mics and yell Tetsuo at each other? Pretty much. For like an hour? That's how it starts. It's the podcast yeah. opens with Tetsuo! 40 minutes of that. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, you can also listen to the Talksplode that was released this, this last week. Was it last week? I don't remember. Last week. Uh, that was uh, myself, uh, Charles Soule, and Joe Mulvey um, talking about making comics and uh, how they do that. <laughs> if you're interested in in how the how the how the comic book creative at de- various different levels functions, uh, we talked a lot about that. We covered how, a lot of how the sausage is made. It's it was very much that. It was I mean it's like how do you do seven ongoing books? And he was like, I'm freaking great. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it sounds like you're bragging, but it's true. Shit. Um, no, I was it was a good show. It was fun, and I'm uh, I was I was glad to be able to get it done and get it out there. Cool. And then next week. Uh, Justice League War comes out, the next DC Universe animated original film, and the animation brand trust will be to get together talking about that at some point next week. We're not exactly sure when that show is going to come out yet. We have to uh, have some scheduling uh, hurdles to jump through because one of our members is in a foreign country. So once we figure that out, we'll get that to you next week sometime. For those Scottish listeners out there, scheduling! So in the meantime, head over to ifanboy.com to comment on this show. And find out all of our other podcasts. Uh, they're all there. The Talksplodes, the Booksplodes, all of them are there. You can comment there. And you can follow us at Twitter.com slash iFanboy and Facebook.com slash iFanboy. As well as individually, I'm C.S. Kilpatrick, Paul is Fuzzy Typewriter, and Josh is J.A. Flanagan. That was nice. That was, thank you. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, can go to, you can write to us at contact.fanboy.com or send us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Um, come on. Let's hear about your love lives. That's what we want. Yeah. Yeah. If you're into this kind of thing, you can write us a review in iTunes, even in Scottish iTunes, or better yet, tell your friends about us. Introduce your mom to podcasts. Spread that iFanboy love all around. Well, there you go. Thank you. This is being succinct because we're running long. Like, in my head, I put a couple of seconds. I was like, it's over. Shit, no one's saying anything. We've been on this show for a long time. We need to go. Bye. Bye. Garde bien. You lost the face into my life. You made me feel so.